Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. I want to continue my Out of Nowhere series. What's an Out of Nowhere series? Well, we're talking about those unexpected, those unplanned, man, I did not see that coming moments that happened in our lives, just like the coronavirus, out of nowhere, unexpected, unplanned. That wasn't on our schedule, but here we are. And we're discovering that even in the out of nowhere moments, God is with us. God is for us. I made a statement last week that I want to share again. You know, we are not going to allow this coronavirus to define us. But by the grace of God, it can develop us to be greater than we ever were before. I want to step up to the plate. And I know you're the kind of guys that are right there with me in this charge. We want to be known. As history goes on and is written about this time you and I are living in, we want to be known as the church that met and conquered the coronavirus. It came, it brought all of the devastation and all of the impact, but we not only survived, we thrived, we had revival, we had awakening. God developed a mighty church during this time. I know that history will record that the church of Jesus rose up in power and anointing and compassion and kindness. Man, I'll tell you, this isn't our worst hour. This may be our best hour as our faith is being proven to be sure and strong and steady. Well, I want to uh, just dive in here to another moment of out of nowhere in Scripture. We've seen several where people who love God, people who were doing nothing wrong, encountered an unplanned unexpected, out-of-nowhere moment. In fact, you may be surprised, even Jesus had an out-of-nowhere moment. Even Jesus. So if he had to learn to deal with this, I believe you and I can do that as well. Let me set the stage for you. I want to begin reading today in Luke chapter 3 and verse number 21. Hey, I hope you have your Bible open. Go ahead and do that and uh, get your tablet or your device Get some notes. I've asked you to do that earlier. Get ready. Come on. This is some information that's going to supercharge you while you're going through this coronavirus time. So, so here we are. I want to set the stage for one of the most out-of-nowhere moments Jesus ever experienced during those 33 years here on earth. We read in Luke chapter 3 and verse 21, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. I want to tell you something. This was a huge moment, one of the greatest moments in those 33 earthly years as Jesus Christ came to be our Savior. Think of it. Here is the moment, his coming out celebration. For 30 years, he had been in, if we want to use our terminology, if you think we've been struggling for a few weeks, for 30 years, Jesus had been in quarantine. For 30 years, he had been in isolation, waiting for the signal from his father that it was time to go into his ministry, fulfill his purpose for coming. 30 years of waiting. But you know what I'm beginning to understand? It wasn't just waiting. It wasn't just passing time. It was 30 years of preparation. 
30 years of getting him ready for this moment we're reading about. Here it is. The, the coronation. The beginning of his public ministry. He receives that signal from the Holy Spirit. And he walks to the place where his relative John the Baptist is baptizing the crowds. His forerunner. And as Jesus arrives, he says, I'm ready. Baptize me. At first, you know, John struggles and says, hey, I know who you are. You need to baptize me. Jesus said, no. Let's follow the things that are right. So Jesus is baptized. Watch this. The crowd is watching. As he comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends upon him in bodily form, anointing him, empowering him, equipping him for the ministry that he's about to go into. So, so what a moment. Here he comes. He's waited 30 years. As he's coming up out of the water, being baptized by John. The Holy Spirit comes upon him. It's an amazing moment. And then a literal, audible voice from heaven. Hey, this is my son. You are my son. Whom I love with you, I am well pleased. God the Father audibly in front of the massive crowd that was there saying, Jesus I just want you to know, I love this intimate moment in the midst of the crowd. Hey, you're my son. I want you to know I love you. I want you to know I'm pleased with you. What could be better? How could anything get better than this? What a jump start. What a platform to begin his ministry. Can you imagine how exciting that was? Can you imagine the, 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 the anticipation and all that was going on? Hey, if, if it would have been today and somebody got that on video, man, that would have gone viral. A voice from heaven, the Holy Spirit descending. It, it was absolutely unparalleled. He's ready to go. But wait a minute. The very next chapter, we need to read what happens next. Not what you would expect. I don't know if anyone would have expected. It's an out of nowhere moment. In the face, on the heels, the very next step, after this amazing launch, this is what we read, Luke chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. See, we just read about that. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. Man, it's looking good. He's full of the Holy Spirit. He's coming back from that moment. The Bible says he was led by the Spirit. But watch this. He was led by the Spirit into the desert. That's not where he wanted to go. Wait a minute. Not only that, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. Can you imagine? Now, no, no, wait a minute. Not now. Not now. I've waited 30 years. Jesus had been anticipating this moment. This is why he had left the glory of heaven, humbled himself, and took upon him our flesh to become our Savior. And now the anointing, the, the celebration, the ordination, and he's led by the Spirit into the desert. Before he went public, God took him private. Before anything else happened, there came an out of nowhere moment. He's ready to walk in the ministry. He's ready to proclaim the kingdom of God. And out of nowhere, in the desert, Satan comes to tempt him and destroy him. An out of nowhere moment. A moment that none of us would have planned. Come on, if that had been on your agenda, would you have planned that for your next step? After your big ordination? After your coronation? With the anointing of God, the audible confirmation of God, would, would it be go to the desert 
isolate yourself again and deal and fight with every trick that Satan has. But that was the out of nowhere moment that Jesus went into. But I want to remind you, just like I've been teaching you throughout this out of nowhere series, we have to always remember that when something comes from you or to you out of nowhere, God always has a somewhere on the other side of it. I want to say that again. Just like Jesus experienced here, just like we've seen in our other messages, that when the out of nowhere moment comes, God has already promised you ahead of time there's a somewhere that you're going to. So what happens next? Here he is, out of nowhere, from this moment of celebration to this moment of temptation. From this moment of, of anointing and power to this, to this season of battle and onslaught. What does Satan do next? See, the devil knew enough. Maybe you need to remember this. Maybe you can relate to this in your very own journey right now. See, the devil knew enough to stop him quickly. To attack his ministry in its infancy. To go after him when it was early. To attack him when he was vulnerable. To seize the moment before Jesus seized the moment. That's how Satan operates. He always wants to take the young. He always goes after the vulnerable. He always wants to stop you before you really get started. He throws an out of nowhere moment at you. And, and begins to destroy Everything that you're planning to do. But let's see what God does in the moment. I want you to uh, remember something. Let's make sure we understand who's doing what. As Jesus goes into this out of nowhere moment. I want you to look with me in James chapter 1. Verses 12 and 13. You know the Bible says in James chapter 1 verses 12 and 13. That we, we identify who tempts us. Where evil comes from. We, we, we get insight. It's clear in scripture. The Bible says here that Satan came to tempt him. Notice this. What we see here. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Watch this. Having stood the test. That person will receive the crown of life. Uh, and and, and we, we see what happens when these tests, when these struggles are coming on. But, but let's, let's keep reading. We see the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let's look at verse number 13 as, as we keep going through these, these uh, verses as we're moving into this. So we see we're blessed. Now watch this. It's important. Verse 13. When tempted, who would come to tempt him? Satan had. When tempted, no one should say God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil nor does he tempt anyone I want to read that again let's make sure we know who's doing what in this out of nowhere moment in Jesus life you need to know who's doing what in this out of nowhere moment in your life so you properly know how to respond when tempted now the Bible says we're gonna face that but when it comes we need to understand what's happened when tempted no one should say God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Here's what I want you to see. Satan is the tempter. Satan is the source of the out-of-nowhere moments designed to derail you. Satan is the author of the coronavirus, of COVID-19. Satan is the one who comes to steal and kill and destroy. But the good news is, is that even when Satan comes to tempt and destroy and put pandemic on this planet, we have a God who is greater. God who is with us in the moment. God who is for us in the moment. Our God who is able. We know what Satan 
is attempting to do. He's trying to derail Jesus before he ever gets started. An out of nowhere moment that no one expected coming at that time. We know what Satan is trying to do. But let's make sure we understand what God is doing. Even when Satan comes. Even when the crisis comes. Even when the pandemic comes. I want to show you some verses because I want this settled in your faith and in your spirit. I want to go to Romans chapter 8. I want you to know God's for you. I want you to know He doesn't use evil to accomplish His purpose. I want you to be clear about how to respond to the out of nowhere moments in your life. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Watch this. Come on. Are you with me? Are you reading it here with me? Have you got it open in your Bible or device? And we know, come on, say we know, say I know. And we know that what in all things God works for the good of those. Now, notice this. We know that in all things. This doesn't say everything that happens comes from God. But it says that in everything that happens, God's working for you. Watch this. We know that in all things God works for what? The good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Do you realize that when something hits you out of nowhere, you have to remember God has a somewhere on the other side of this for me. God is working in this. God is for me. God's not taken off balance. He's not shocked. He's not unprepared. The out of nowhere caught us off guard. The out of nowhere was unprecedented for COVID-19. But the God we serve and the God we know is with us and for us in this moment. And if we will walk with him, stay with him, trust him in this moment, we're going to see God bring good even out of the bad that Satan tries to bring. There's a couple more places I want you to see. Romans chapter 5 and verses 1 through 5. Romans 5. I want this scripture to, to be strong in you. I want to put faith in you. I want to give you understanding and wisdom about how to respond. I want to read these verses through. Watch this progression. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2. Through him, we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. See, we're standing in grace. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Verse 3. Watch this. Watch what begins to happen. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Now, why? Watch this. This is not a martyr complex. It's an understanding that when out of nowhere comes, God is still in control. Watch this. We're boasting. Why? Because we know. That suffering, let's go back, back to verse number three. We know what? We know that suffering produces perseverance, okay? Now verse four, suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance develops character and character develops hope. Look at verse five. You see this progression that God is working even when the enemy's trying to destroy you and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Hope does not disappoint us. When the enemy tries to bring out of nowhere, when suffering comes against you and we stand strong, we persevere. Our perseverance turns into character. Our character produces hope. And what Satan designed to destroy you only develops you into a believer that trusts in God. Let me give you one more, uh, one more verse here as we're in this moment. James chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 4. James 1 and 2. Watch this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, 
and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds. I'll stay here in this verse for a moment. I want you to see this once again. Come on. I want to help you. We are not attributing evil to God. We read that earlier in James. He doesn't use evil. He doesn't tempt you to do evil. He doesn't use evil uh, to originate. But when evil comes against you, God is for you. When, when, when pandemic strikes, God's with us. And so we make choices. We literally say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to consider. I, one, one translation says reckon. One translation says count it. Pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now before we go, this word consider is translated in the King James translation, count it all joy. I love this. As I studied this passage in the original Greek text, this word count or consider is literally an accounting term. This is what God is saying. When you're looking what's happening in your life, when you're looking at what's happening to you in your life, you have a choice. You have a decision to make about the out of nowhere moment. You have a decision to make when, when crisis comes at you. He says, count it, consider it. Watch this. In your spiritual accounting, put it in the category of an asset. Did you hear that? Put it in the category of an asset. Why? How do I say this is going to be good? Because we serve the God who takes what Satan meant for destruction and turns it into good. So count it, consider it, put it in the asset column. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, let's go to verse three. Why? Why do we do that? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. There's that word again. Verse 4 tells us this, and let perseverance, watch this, finish its work so that you may be what? Mature and complete, not lacking anything. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Do you realize that Satan does everything he can to steal, to kill, to destroy, to derail you, to take your life and wreak havoc? But in the midst of that, as we realize God's for me, not against me. As we realize God loves me and has a purpose. As we realize God has a somewhere for me on the other side of this nowhere. What happens? We see God bringing us through. And what the devil designed to destroy me is only developing my faith and character and perseverance. I'm becoming mature. I'm not lacking anything because of this. See, Satan always wants to strike and go at us hard. Let's go back to Luke chapter 4. Go back to Luke chapter 4, four excuse me, and verse number 3. And I, I want to quickly go through this because I want to get to a verse here that, that brings so much insight about what's happening in this moment. It's going to give you so much encouragement. What happened? We read that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. We read that he was led by the Holy Spirit. And we realized that he was led into the desert and there's Satan brought an attack against him, an out-of-nowhere moment. What did Satan do in that moment? Well, we read in verse number 3, this is the beginning. This is what he did. Let's go through this. I just want to step right through. There's so much teaching here, but I want to get to my, a point. The devil said to him, if, come on, do you see that? If you are the Son of God. Do you remember what God said to him when he came up out of the water? We just read it a few moments ago. He said, the first thing he said to him, remember, you are my son. You see, the very first thing Satan attacked was his identity. Sir, 
God's always ahead of the devil's trap. God's always one step ahead of Satan's accusation. What was Satan going to do? His strategy was, as I tempt him, the first thing I'm going to attack is identity. His relationship with the Father. His purpose. The plan of God. Ma'am, I want you to know today that God is looking at you long before the devil ever attacks you. And he says to you, ma'am, you're my daughter. I love you. I'm pleased with you. I'm glad you're mine. I'm glad you're my daughter. I love you with all my heart. Nothing in hell is going to separate us because what does Satan do in the hard times of your life? He attacks your identity. He attacks your relationship. He said you don't belong. And then what's the next thing the devil says to him? He says, so hey, if you're the son of God, you know, turn that stone into bread. Now why was that the first temptation? Well, we read it had been 40 days. He'd gone without food. He was fasting in the desert. And so the devil says, hey, why don't you just meet your immediate need? Why don't you throw away your future and make a short-term decision? Do you know how many people have wrecked their marriage because of a short-term decision? Do you know how many people have ruined their career over a short-term decision? Do you know how many people have given up on their dreams and their goals because they made a short-term decision to meet an immediate need? I want you to know there's something very familiar about the strategy that hell uh, launched against Jesus in that desert. And he's using the same things today But let's see what happened in verse number 4 The devil tempts him with these things But in verse 4 Jesus says Jesus answered Jesus said It is written Man shall not live on bread alone He responded to that with the word of God Let's go to verse number 5 So the devil tries his second round against Jesus The devil led him up to a high place Showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. Verse 6. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority. Wow. All the kingdoms of the world. And he says, I'll give you all their authority. And I'll give you their splendor. It's been given to me. And I can give it to anyone I want to. The God of this age is speaking. Verse 7. Are you ready? Here's the if in this temptation. If you worship me, it will all be yours. You know what Satan said? Hey, take a shortcut. Forget the cross. Don't care about these other people. They don't need to say, why do you need to pay the price? Take a shortcut. I'll give you the glory. All I want you to do is worship me. Verse 8. This is the response. Again, I want you to see a pattern that comes up as he challenges Jesus, as he gives him this temptation. What does Jesus say to him in Luke chapter 4 and verse number 8? He answered again and he says, it is Written, are you with me? Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Satan's 0 for 2. Let's look at this final round. We go to verse number 9. And what do we read? The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If, again, there, do you see this? If you are the son of God. He said, throw yourself down from here. Now watch verse 10. He makes a shift in his strategy. For it is written, now the devil's. Trying to quote scripture. Now Satan is trying to use the word of God. Watch this. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. Let's look at verse 11. They will lift you up in their hands so that you'll not strike your foot against the stone. Let's look at verse number 12. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God 
to the test. What happened? Something that we see happening around us every single day as we walk through this journey of life, particularly in the culture that we're in now. What was the final temptation? Satan literally took the Word of God, twisted it around to fit his situation and his his desire and will and emotion. You know what people are doing today in their life? They're taking the Word of God and quoting Scripture to validate their sin. Quoting scripture to validate their rebellion. My friend, half truth is no truth. The definition of heresy is truth out of balance. Truth divorced from all truth. Do you know what's happening today? Why there's so many voices and such confusion and people holding on to God and blaming God for their sin. The very same thing Satan did to derail the ministry of Jesus. But Jesus said to him in the out of nowhere moment, I know what the Word of God says. His weapon of choice was the Word of God. I want you to get that. But here's what I want you to see. Let's go to verse 13. This is so insightful and so critical. Out of these rounds of temptation, then we go to verse 13. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until a more opportune time. Can you see that again? When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until, one translation says, a more opportune time. What's happening here? We usually end this narrative at verse 12. But we're not through. Because we see the devil had had enough. (laughs) Aren't you thankful for that? The devil had lost the sword fight. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. He had lost. He'd been defeated. His out of nowhere moment wasn't working. And the Bible says he leaves to regroup, to counterattack, to plan again, to find an opportune time to come back again at Jesus. But for the moment he has left, he is gone. And, and, and we see this word, an opportune time. What does that mean that he wanted an opportune time? What is happening? Jesus is defeating this onslaught. He's winning this out of nowhere moment. And Satan says, I've had enough. I've got to go find another time to come back. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 5. Let me share one more scripture with you. Come on, Ephesians 5, beginning in verse number 15. What's an opportune moment? What does that mean? How, how do we find that? Well, Ephesians 5, 15, watch this. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. He said, okay, pay attention to how you're living. Let's go to verse 16. Making the most of every what? There it is. Opportunity. Satan said, I've got to go find another opportune time. I need a different opportunity. This one didn't work for me. Making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. Have you ever thought about this? That the opportunity, God's plan to do something great in your life, the devil seizes an opportunity to stop you from that plan. Do you realize that right now God has a plan and Satan has a plan? Do you realize that God is bringing opportunities into your life in the middle of the coronavirus and Satan's trying to seize that opportunity and derail you in the middle of the coronavirus? God sees the opportunity. Satan sees the opportunity. But if God be for us, who can be against us? Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Verse 17 in this same passage we see. Therefore, do not be foolish. Understand the battle for this moment in your life. 
But understand what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of God for us? Come on, look at it in verse 18 with me. I love this. Don't get drunk on wine. Do you know I, I don't have time to go with this? You know they're saying alcoholism is up during the coronavirus. Drug addiction is up in the coronavirus. Alcohol sales are up during the coronavirus. Why? Because when crisis comes, you have a couple of options. One is to give up and get in, give in and get drunk and go away. Or the other one is to say, if God be for me, who can be against me? This is not the devil's opportunity. It's God's opportunity. And I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is what I want you to see in this moment. This is what I want you to see as we go back to Luke chapter 4 and verse 13. I want you to watch this. The devil thought he had that moment. The devil thought he could attack Jesus out of nowhere in the desert and destroy him with an unplanned, unexpected, out of nowhere moment. But my friend, the devil should have left Jesus alone. For we read this, watch this, in Luke 4 and verse 14, we read this, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and the news about Him spread through the whole countryside. Do you realize what happened in that moment? The devil said, I'm going to stop him. I'm going to limit him. I'm going to derail him. I'm going to rob him of his future. But the Bible says he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. He went into the moment full. When I'm full, that means I have all that I need. That means I don't need any more. Watch this. But when you have power, that means I not only have enough for me, I've got some left for you too. The devil tried to destroy him, but God used it to develop him. I want you and your faith to rise up right now and say, my season in the coronavirus is not going to destroy me or lessen me or drain me. It's going to develop me. I'm going to come out in the power of the Holy Spirit. He should have left Jesus alone. Jesus defeated him. Jesus came out in the power of the Spirit and news spread everywhere. He walked into his somewhere ready and developed. The devil lost that moment. I want to say something to you today, my friend. The devil should have left you alone. Come on. The devil should have left you alone. Maybe you had grown complacent. Maybe you had become a little stagnant in your faith. But something about this coronavirus, something about you, your need, crying out to God, turning to God, has stirred your faith back up. I want to tell you something. This very week, my wife Phyllis walked into Target and a lady came running across Target wearing her coronavirus mask and she was weeping when she got to Phyllis and she said, Miss Phyllis, I've got to tell you something. I was backslidden. I was away from God. I wasn't serving God. But on Easter Sunday morning, I was watching your online Facebook broadcast and when Pastor Sawyer took that hammer and slammed it into the cross on his Easter Sunday message, when the hammer hit the cross, I hit my knees and turned my life back over to God. The devil should have left you alone, but you've come back. You've turned back. You're turning to God, looking to God. What was meant to destroy you is literally setting you up for the best season of your life. Let's be quite frank. You may be backslidden right now. You may have grown cold. You may have grown weary in your walk, but right now, see... You have a choice. Is the pandemic going to destroy you or develop you? Is it going to crush your faith 
Or are you going to let God resurrect your faith right now? He should have left you alone because you're coming out of that grave and you're turning to him right now. You know, the devil made a mistake in bringing the coronavirus out of nowhere against Calvary Assembly. He should have left this church alone because I'm going to tell you, the people of God in this church have risen up like mighty warrior heroes with their faith in God in the last of two months of the coronavirus our outreaches at our dream centers have fed more people in eight weeks than we did the entire year of 2019 we've seen god provide again and again and again we have new contacts with wonderful people just like you on our online services that we have never had contact or we hadn't had contact in a long, long time. I want to tell you, the devil should have left us alone in this moment. Look what God is doing. Because of the coronavirus, I visited Walmart one day, just felt that we should pray over these people <clears throat> that are working there in the public with all this going on. We're thankful we can get our groceries and buy what we need. So I went over early one morning before the doors were open and prayed over the loudspeaker over the workers at Walmart. I blessed them. I blessed their family. I blessed that place with Psalm 91. Somebody video recorded it. And that little 90-second prayer has been seen 38,000 times. The devil should have left the church alone. We're going to win this out of nowhere moment. He should have never touched the body of Christ. Because in these last few weeks, there's been more gospel preached than ever before. There have been more seeds sown than any time in history. There have been more Bibles bought, more Google searches on prayer, more people reaching out to God, more people watching online services. I'm going to tell you something. When the devil comes out of nowhere, God is there. God is able. God takes that opportune time. Oh, see, the devil thought the coronavirus would kill you, destroy you in the church. Stay, people have to stay at home. But I'm going to tell you, Satan, you calculated wrong. You're out of nowhere. It's not going to destroy us. We went into this virus full and we're coming out in the power. You may have gone into this season backslidden, but you're coming out alive in Jesus. You may have been afraid and weary and timid, but you're coming out knowing that God has made a way for you. The devil lost again. He had to leave to find a more opportune time. And I'm going to tell you, maybe right now, you're saying, Pastor, man, I wasn't prepared for this. I didn't see this coming. But you're coming to Jesus. Because you've turned your heart back to Jesus. You're going to be ready for anything that comes in the future. You see, Jesus was full of the Spirit and full of the Word before He ever moved into the out-of-nowhere moment. He was ready before it happened. And right now, I want to pray with you. Right now, my dear friends, I know, I know, I sense by the direction of the Holy Spirit that your heart is leaping in your chest, that it's racing. And it is as if you and I are the only two people right now sharing this moment because God stepped into this moment in your life. You've been away from God. You've grown cold. You, you don't hate God. You're not a bad person, but life has just separated you from God. And right now, come on, we're going to pray. Are you ready? We're praying together. Dear God, I come to you now. I ask you to forgive me of walking off, leaving, becoming indifferent and unconcerned. God, I repent. I'm sorry. I come back to you. I ask you to forgive me. 
I know you're God's son. I know you died on the cross for me. I ask you to forgive me and come live in my heart. Give me a new opportunity. I'm going to be ready from this day forward. My life is yours. I commit my life to you right now. Man, I want to pray for those of you that are Christians, but you, you, you feel like that this moment is bigger than you, greater than you. I want you to know God has the ability. The God that says in all things, I'm working for your good because you love me and I have a purpose for your life. Right now, lift your head up. Lift your faith up. Take the grace of God in your life and determine from this moment forward. I'm not losing, I'm winning. I'm not losing the presence of God. I'm not walking off from the presence of God. I was full of the Holy Spirit. Now I am going to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to live bigger than myself. Some of you may say, well, pastor, I've gotten weary and I've, I've just stepped away. God's with you. God's for you. His protection is on our healthcare workers. His protection is on our first responders. His blessing is on your finances. God is with us. God is for us. The devil should have left us alone. This moment, this opportune moment, he thought it was his. But we claimed it for God. God be for us. Who can be against us? My friends, right now, there are people here live ready to chat with you. You can message us. You can chat. You can respond. We'd love to pray for you. Our pastors are standing ready right now. I want you to let someone know, I came home to Jesus today. Come on, right now. Don't let the devil have this moment. This is your moment. He's looking at it. God's looking at it. Give it to God. Call us. Chat with us. Reach out to us. The chat's the best thing now. Go online right where you are. Let someone pray with you. We'd love to know what God is doing. God is for us. and I bless you. So enjoyed having this moment with you today. Remember the exciting things that are coming up. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.